So last year didn't turn out as you hoped. Things took a turn, a bump, a darkened sky. And at times it may have seemed there was no hope. But here's the good news. Our God is the God of fresh starts. Our God is the God of new beginnings. Our God brings new mercies, new compassions, not just once a year, not just when things are bad, but every single morning. This year has been tough. And for many of us, things will never be the same. But we are here, breathing, maybe smiling, or crying, or shouting, or laughing. But we are here, feeling, maybe fighting, or cheering, or seeking, or grieving, but we are here living and we are not alone our God is here our God is with us and our God is the God of new creations Well, it's great to see you this morning. Um, how many of you are here uh, celebrating baptism with a friend or family member? Shoot your hand up for me. Wow, 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 that is, that is, there's more of you than there are of the rest of us. That's, that's disconcerting a little bit. Um, great to see a bunch of young people here, young faces. Thanks for coming out to celebrate with your friends and family. Uh, this act of baptism is a big day in their life. How many of you uh, have a child or a grandchild being baptized today? Shoot your hand up. Okay, cool, cool. Feel free to use your neighbor's sweater uh, to wipe your tears and snot away when, because I'm sure that if, when, if and when my child gets baptized, then I will be doing the exact same thing. So I love that video. It talks about God making uh, all things new because I don't know about you, but I'm really grateful for a new start in 2017. Uh, 2016 wasn't my favorite year that I've ever had. Uh, my wife and I, you know, I've shared this before, we had an adoption fail this year, went down, supposed to adopt a baby and uh, spent a week in Florida and, you know, baby was born and spent nights in the hospital and all that stuff and, and birth mom decided not to place the child for adoption and uh, professionals, um, whatever, they compared that to losing a child in death. I've never, that's never happened to me, so I can't say that that's exactly what that's like, but that was the most difficult thing I, I had ever been through in my life up to this point. There's been a lot of difficult things, a lot of hurdles and challenges that I've had to overcome 
that, that one broke me more than anything else. So now that I've kind of been a little vulnerable, would you do me a favor? Uh, in 2016, how many of you would say, and this is, this is a big deal, I know for some of you it's like brand, brand new, first time in church, and this is a little vulnerable, but how many of you would say top three worst things in my life happened in 2016? Would you be brave? Hey, some of you, I know that because I was at graveside with some of you um, uh, with, with, uh, with really difficult things that happened in 2016. And so I'm so grateful that we serve a God who is about new things, new beginnings and new starts and I looked up English idioms this week where we use the word new, and we love new stuff. We love talking about new things. We love talking about turning over a new leaf and breaking new ground and blazing a new trail. The only uh, negative English idiom that I found this week as I searched online was uh, rip someone a new one. I don't think that's a positive idiom, but we love new things. We love that new car smell. Do you love the new car smell? How many of you got something new for Christmas that you love already? Yeah, me too. I got socks and underwear. Love them. Love new socks and underwear. Love a fresh change of clothes. That's, that's, I love new things. And we serve a God who makes all things new. And if we understand that this is the heart of God, and it's not just about some artificial date that we put in the calendar, the start of a new school year, or the start of a new year, the start of a new job, or the start of a new relationship. Those are kind of artificial man-made dates, but we have a God who is in control of all things, and who is the only capital S sovereign power in the universe, and he makes all things new. And if we, like I said, if we understand that, that that's the heart of God for us, then I think it really gives us a unique glimpse into what we're here to do this morning, and that is celebrate baptism together. That's really the bulk of our service. That's what we're really here to do. We're not here to listen to me talk. We're here to celebrate baptism. And not only does it give us a glimpse into uh, what baptism is and, and why we celebrate, but it really gives us a glimpse into why baptism was such a big deal for Jesus. Now, baptism was such a big deal for Jesus, as a matter of fact, that just before he ascended into heaven, this is after he was crucified and resurrected on the third day, he ascended into heaven to the right hand of the Father, and he gathered his followers together, and he said this. This is Jesus' last words on the planet. Now, understand, go therefore... And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the, Father, the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, if I were Jesus, which I most decidedly am not, but if I were and I was going to charge my followers with one last thing as they start this movement called the church that we're still a part of today, if I was going to charge them with one last thing, there's a lot about what Jesus is saying here that makes sense to me. One of them is go, therefore. Go. In other words, you ain't got to go home, but you cannot stay here, okay? Go, not at the end of the service, you can go. But he says to his disciples, go, you've got to go in order to carry out these instructions that I'm going to give you and make disciples of all nations. In another translation, all nations. Go and make disciples. That's make followers. Teach people to observe all that I have commanded you. 
That's what a disciple is. It's somebody that lives and walks in the way of Jesus. It's part of our mission statement here. Babe, you're going to glorify God, foster community, and make disciples. See, that all makes sense to me. And I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Like, I am going to be there empowering you, working with you. This all makes sense to me. It makes sense why Jesus would encourage his disciples this way. It makes sense why he would espouse Trinitarian theology, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit right there. That all makes sense. Those are all obvious to me, but there's one little word in there that's a little strange that catches me off guard that if I were Jesus I'm not sure that I would include one of a whole lot of reasons why I'm not Jesus but that's beside the point and that little word is baptism baptism think with me now this is Jesus very last words to his disciples before he ascends into heaven so what's the big deal about baptism What's the big deal about baptism? Why would Jesus want to include this word baptism in his final exhortation and charge to his followers? Because this word baptism is not really a religious word. It wasn't a religious word back then. In the original Greek, it's baptizo, and it just simply means to dip or to immerse or to submerge. And so when we think about baptism these days, we think about this kind of church thing that we do when we get somebody in the tank, which we're going to do here in a minute, and we dunk them under the water and we bring them back up, hopefully bring them back up. We bring them back up. Like, that's what we think of, but, but again, that's a religious kind of word. That's a spiritual kind of connotation there. I don't want you to think of it that way because that's not the original word. The original word is just a normal word meaning dip, dunk, or submerge. And so here's what I want you to think of. I want you to think of an Oreo. Okay, this is that word baptism. You'd always dunk an Oreo. How many of you have the, a, a specific amount of time that you dunk cookies for? I do. I always count down from eight. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. It's perfect texture of an Oreo. Try it when you get home. Always count down from eight. See, this is the word. So why is that such a big deal for Jesus? Well, I think it's because baptism represents for us God making us new. Baptism represents for us God making us new. And Jesus, before he left the planet, wants to say, look, do this baptism thing as a symbol, an external symbol of an internal reality that God is making you new. Now, here, here's, here's the great thing about God is, is that we cannot perceive or, or um, experience spiritual realities with our five senses, can we? I mean, you know, the Bible says that no one has ever seen God. We can't, we can't taste and touch and smell and feel. We can experience the material world or the physical world with our five senses. We can do that, but we can't experience spiritual realities with our five senses. So God, because he's really, really, really nice, and really, really, really gracious. And he knows that we need to understand spiritual realities. We need to experience spiritual realities. We need to get a kind of a window that allows us to glimpse into the spiritual world. Has given us physical things to remind us of spiritual truths. He's given us physical things to teach us 
spiritual truths. So some of you who have been in church a lot, some of you maybe not been in church a lot, you know that we celebrate what people call communion, the Lord's table, the Eucharist, whatever. It's, it's, just, a, it's just a physical thing. It's a little piece of bread and a little bit of juice or wine if you're from a different faith background, but it's, it's, it's you know, what we use here is juice and bread, and it simply represents the body of Christ given for us and the blood of Christ shed for us. See, those are physical things that you can smell and taste and touch and see that represent spiritual realities, that teach a spiritual reality, something that you cannot taste and touch and see. Here's the great thing about baptism. Baptism is one of those things. It's one of those physical things where we actually physically take a person and dump them under the water and bring them back up that represents a spiritual reality for us. And that spiritual reality is that God is making us new. God is making us new. Specifically speaking, baptism uh, represents new beginnings for us. Baptism represents new beginnings. I love the way that Paul says it. It's one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. It's in his second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 17, and he says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a, say this word with me, new creation. See? New. And in case, you know, in case we didn't get the drift, Paul kind of goes on to say, behold, the old has passed away and the new has come. Check this out. When, when early Christians in the first century, when they got baptized, you know that they used to do it in the nude? That's, that's, that's real. That's really historically what used to happen. Now, baptism candidates, I want you to know that's not what we do here at Bayview Glen. So nobody, nobody panic. That's not what I'm suggesting today. What I'm telling you is that early Christians were so committed to this idea of the old passing away and getting a new start, a new beginning with God is that when they came up to the baptistry, you know, tank or pond or pool or stream or whatever, they would take off their old clothes and then get into the water. They used to baptize women in the dark, which is probably a good idea. And that, you know, kind of fell out of practice eventually for obvious reasons. Again, we don't practice that here at Bayview Glen. But the early Christians were so committed to baptism, representing this new creation, this new start, this new beginning that we get with God, that that's what they used to do as part of their baptism practice. Now, some of you are here this morning because in 2017, you want a little bit of a new beginning with God. Maybe you're exploring things of faith for the first time. Maybe you're asking spiritual questions for the first time. Maybe you're here because like a friend or family member roped you into this and said baptism is a big deal. You've got to show up and you're like, all right, can I go to the 11 o'clock service? You know, and then you showed up and that's great. We're so thrilled that you're here. But here's what I want you to know is that you get a new beginning with God right now. Not because of some artificial date that we've put into a calendar, but because of who God is. Because he has new mercies for you. Every single day. He can make you a new creation right now. You may be saying, Luke, does that mean like I, I don't have to like attend here for a while before I get a new beginning with God? Yep. That's what that means. Like I don't have to take a class before I get a new beginning with God? Mm-hmm. I don't have to like clean myself up and quit that bad habit, which is another one of my New Year's resolutions or whatever it is. Lose the weight that I'm trying to lose in 2017. I don't have to do any of that stuff. I don't have to be moral or act Christian or fix my behavior before I get a new beginning with God. No. No. He's got a new beginning for you right here and right now. And baptism represents that for us in a physical way. 
Baptism also represents for us a new identity, a new identity. Thank God that when Christians were baptized in the new, they came back out of the water and they got out and they put clothes back on. (laughs) That's really good news. And they didn't just put on any clothes, but they were provided a cloak or a tunic, a white one that represented that they were putting on Christ, that they had a new identity in him. Look at the way that Paul says it in Galatians 3. He says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have what? Put on Christ. Those who have been baptized spiritually, who have been dipped into Jesus. It's not just that the new has gone, or the old has gone, it's that the new has come. What this means is that God, when he looks at you, does not look at you as you. He looks at you through the lens of Jesus. Here's great news about Jesus. That's a perfect lens that he sees you through. He sees you as a son or a daughter that's been adopted into his kingdom. Now, this kind of notion of a new identity, being a son or a daughter adopted into the kingdom of God is a big deal for me because I have an adopted little girl. She's two and a half years old, and she is so, so cute. She is cuter than your children by a long way. And and she has my name. And you may not look at us, and we may not look all that similar, but we're family. She's a cooper. See, that's what God thinks of those who have been dipped, submerged in Christ. You share his name. You are a Christian. Just means little Christ. (laughs) Means little Jesus. And you might look at your life and go, I don't think I'm that. But God sees you through the lens of Jesus because you have put on Christ. That's pretty cool. Baptism also means new community. Baptism represents new community. Again, look at the way that Paul says it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He says, for just as you were baptized into one, or just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into what? One body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. In the first century, when Christians were baptized, they really saw it as kind of an inauguration or kind of an initiation into this new community. And not just a local expression of church, which is what Bayview Glen is, a local expression of God's body, but the universal church, the global church, the, the church that kind of lasts forever or that will last forever as the bride of Christ, all initiated and welcomed into one body. You see, you get new community. Now, this wasn't always a good thing because it meant when the Caesar, whoever was in power at the time, came looking for people to throw to the lions because they were a Christian, they only grabbed those who had been baptized. So you could go to church all you wanted and you could, you know, do whatever you wanted to do and spiritual and worship and do all that stuff. But until you were baptized, you were not viewed by the outside community as being a part of the faith community. Again, great news for baptism candidates this morning is that there are no lions here. So that's also really, really good. But what you get is this embracing from this faith community, not just this faith community, Bayview Glen, but but the global faith community. 
People from all different tongues and tribes and nations. Some of you are different tongues and tribes and nations. People who, who came before us, the saints who follow Jesus and who we stand on their shoulders even now from the first century and onward, even prior to that, from Abraham and Isaac and Jacob all the way down. See, this is the new community that we are now adopted into and that you are adopted into through your baptism into Christ spiritually, but also today in that physical representation of being baptized into water. And the other thing that baptism gives us and represents for us is a new hope, a new hope. I love the way that Paul says it to his protege, Timothy, in 2 Timothy. He says, here's a trustworthy saying. I love when Paul prefaces stuff that way, don't you? Here's a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, because we have, our old self is gone. Those old clothes are taken off, and we put on a new identity in Christ. Our old self has passed away. If that's happened, and for so many of us that it has, what does he say? Then we will surely live with him. We will also live with him. And it's not just in the here and now, that abundant life that we experience in Christ. And it's one of my favorite Bible promises, John 10, verse 10. For the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have what? Life. And have it abundantly. Yeah. So we we, we get that new life in the here and now, but we also get hope for a new life in eternity. An eternal life. A life that doesn't go away. See, baptism is not just about the here and now and dying with Christ and being risen to new life again. Baptism also points us forward. Points us forward to that one day when Jesus will come back to take his own home to the place that he has gone to prepare for us. We live now in that new hope. I'm so grateful, aren't you, that God's given us physical representations of eternal and spiritual truths. I'm a little dense sometimes. Sometimes those spiritual truths don't don't pop to me. But in these moments, and I actually tweeted this yesterday. um, They gave me control of the Bayview Glen Twitter account, and that was a that was a bad decision, but that's that's somebody else's deal. But I tweeted yesterday how excited I was for today because I love baptism services because baptism represents for us all of these things that we have in Christ. New beginnings, new identity, new community, and new hope. So here's what we're gonna do. This is really all I'm doing is just kind of setting up this time. Is we baptize five people in the first service, and we're going to baptize six in this service. And what you're going to hear is each of them share their personal story of how they said yes to the invitation of Jesus. You don't have to take my word for it and the Bible and the stuff I just shared. You can just hear these personal stories of faith, people talking about the new beginnings, the new hope, the new community and the new identity they now have in Jesus. And they're going to tell their story, and then we're going to sing a little bit. And then kind of in the middle of that song, you'll see the baptistry tank light up behind me, and we're going to baptize these folks. And so before we do that, I want to just address a couple of different people in the room. And the first folks I want to address is baptism candidates this morning. We, as a church community, are so thrilled for you. I know some of you. Uh, I'm going to get to know some of you better now as you share your story. But we are so thrilled for you. This is a really big day. We celebrate with you. And you are going to feel that and hear that when you come up out of the water and this congregation goes crazy, hooting and hollering and clapping and all that stuff. I love that word hoot, don't you? Hoot. 
That's gonna be great. You'll hear some people do that. Hoot, but it's gonna be awesome. And if there is no better time to hoot and holler in church than on Baptism Sunday. We are so excited as a community and we are just thrilled for you to, to have the opportunity and the privilege to celebrate with you. Uh, for some of you, this is just a time to be reminded of the new identity that you have in Christ. The new beginning that you got in him. Maybe you've been walking with Jesus and been a disciple of his for a really short time. Maybe you've been a disciple for a really long time, but it doesn't matter. You still have all of those things. New hope, new community, all of those things. And so today, let baptism symbolize for you and represent for you what you were given when you said yes to Jesus because of the unrelenting grace of God. And then there may be one more group of people in here, likely is, of people who maybe have never heard the invitation of Christ. And here it is, it's simply this, it's to agree that we've made a mess of our lives, we've made bad decisions, some of them with little consequences, some of them with really big consequences. And what God offers to us is forgiveness. What God offers to us is grace. And grace, by its very definition, is unearned. Nothing that you can do or say to make God love you more. Nothing you can do or say to make God love you less. What he has is mercy and grace. So it's saying yes to that invitation. Yes to the death of Christ in your place. Yes to the resurrection of Christ in which you can now live a new life. So my hope for you today is that you are compelled and moved by these personal stories of faith that you're gonna hear this morning and by these baptisms. So let's pray together. And then when I say amen, you're gonna hear stories of faith and we're gonna baptize some folks together. Let's pray. God, thank you for physical representations of spiritual realities. Thank you that you are a God of new beginnings, new starts, new identity for us. Thank you that you're a God that creates a new covenant faith community and that Bayview Glen is a local expression of that global church. Thank you that we have new hope. And even those of us who have lost folks this year have hope. God, your word says we grieve, but we do not grieve as those who have no hope. We have new hope. So may the waters of baptism remind us restore and reinvigorate. May they be even healing waters for some of us today. Those hurts and aches that we hold on to from 2016. Thank you for a new year. Thank you that you're a God who is making all things new. We lift this up in Christ's name. The people of God said,